You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I said, we're going parabolic and you're going to need to get, you know, uh, I'm not participating in this move. I'll wait for the retrace to come back in. And so far, it's done everything that I've talked about. Now, the key is to find out where the retrace is going and uh, when is it time to get back in? And we do that by breaking it down into the smaller time frame. So right now, I don't think it's it's a time to get back in. I think you'll get some small rallies and some small sell-offs. Today, gold is selling off a bit, uh, down about 1.5%. But uh, overall, this is this is healthy. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. Hope you're doing well today. Today's show is sponsored by Arcana Silver Corporation. Arcana announced the much-anticipated news that they've secured a $28 million debt facility for the final CapEx piece to bring the revenue Virginia's high-grade silver mine in Colorado back into production. CEO Kevin Drover recently told me in an update interview that they are looking now at April 2021 for commercial silver production, and that, of course, will be ramped up but we're looking in Q2 of next year, the highest grade silver mine in the States to be in production. To learn more, go to arcana.com. The link is in the show notes, or you can find it in Toronto under the ticker AUN, or in the States, it it trades under AUNFF. Well, today's show, you're going to be hearing from master trader Nick Santiago of inthemoneystocks.com. Nick, welcome back onto the show, and let's start off with your precious metals analysis. What is your analysis of what's been happening in the gold and silver price? Well, right now, uh, if you take a look at the charts, we've been doing just a lot of backing and filling, Uh, basically... Uh, the markets, both gold and silver, both went parabolic uh, back in uh, September. So uh, right now, anytime you have a parabolic move uh, like you saw in August and September, you're going to need to uh, do some backtracking. And what that means is it's simply retracing. But if you take a, a, a look at a monthly chart of gold, what you'll notice is that when you had the big breakout surge in the month of July, and it was a big, big move, you went from 1800 to above 2000 in uh in august um anytime you get that parabolic move and you, you took out the 2011 top especially on a closing basis that tells me there's more upside potential but what we need to do first is put in what we call an abc structure abc retracement or a zigzag type move down and we started to see that really beginning um right around uh august 8th august 7th um, market topped out in in gold futures i believe that high was uh 2089 since then we've pulled back a little bit right now we sit at around 1900 i think we could pull back a little bit further and then it probably gives us a signal to get long gold but you anytime you go parabolic just understand um you're going to need to pull back a bit and retrace and even I think I even said this on on the last time I was was with you. It, it, I think it might have been back then. I said we're going parabolic, and you're going to need to get. You know, uh, I'm not participating in this move. I'll wait for the retrace to come back in. And so far, it's done everything that I've talked about. Now, the key is to find out where the retrace is going and uh, when is it time to get back in. And we do that by breaking it down into the smaller time frame. So right now, I don't think it's it's a time to get back in. I think you'll get some small rallies and some small sell-offs. Today, gold is selling off a bit, uh, down about 1.5%. But uh, overall, this is this is healthy. So you're not in any precious metals or mining ETFs or stocks right now? I am not. I am not. I am completely out. I do hold uh, and own physical gold and silver bullion. I have for many years. 
never sold in a single ounce, and that's my ultimate insurance policy. So I, I don't plan on selling any of that. But as far as for trading purposes, or whether we trade uh, the ETFs or gold futures or silver futures, right now I am not in anything. I do not own any gold miners right now either. And um, but I will be looking to get back into it. So, um, again, it's it's really all about the chart pattern. But I think we still need to do some more backing and filling here. Uh, earlier this year, Bank of America came out and said gold's going to three thousand dollars. And then just in the last few days, Citibank came out and said that they can see silver rising uh, to $40 an ounce over the next year. They are pointing out industrial demand increase. Do you think that their projection could be right, Nick? I do think their projection could be right. I think the timing of it could be, uh, it may take a little bit longer than what they're looking at. Um, I know they're saying one year. I don't think it's due to industrial demand at all, though. Uh, what I do believe it, it, and there is some, it, there is a lot of industrial demand, but really what it's going to come down to is the money printing by the central bankers. And um, you know, we, we've seen what, what has happened uh, recently, especially since the virus scare. Uh, the money printing has been off the charts. And in fact, right now, we have the politicians bickering over a potential, you know, $2 trillion stimulus deal. That's going to be another $2 trillion that is borrowed from or printed and borrowed. So uh, everybody has to remember that all of these are, are potential upside catalysts for the precious metals, not just silver. But I actually agree with the 40. I think silver will go back and even eclipse the 2011 top, which was basically $50. So, um, but I think it could take a little bit longer. I'm very bullish um, gold and silver in, in 23, 24. Uh, I think that's where they just really just explode to the upside. As for um, whoever it was saying that uh, gold could go to 3000 I think that's a very, very good case as well. If you just look at the chart right now uh, for gold, you'll take a look at 1999. Um, you'll see that that was a uh, major low for gold. Um, that I believe the low there was around $256. And then in 2011, we put a top in at around uh, 1923. So if you just Use symmetry on the recent pullback to 2015. Gold topped out in 2011, pulled back to 2015. Um, just do the math. It probably takes you up to around 2,800. Just using the symmetry from the market bottom in 99 to the top in 2011. So, you know, ballpark figures, uh, you're looking at 1,900 minus, say, 250. You know, you're looking at a 1,650-point move continuing from the 2015, uh, 2016 low, which, which I believe was around, um, 1050 or 1045. So just add that to the equation and, um, plus 1045, and that gives you a move of around 2,700. So yeah, you know, you overshoot, you go to 3000 pretty easily. Yeah. Thank you for that explanation. Have you done any analysis of looking at the feds response here, just like in 2008, the relation between trillions of dollars printed and expectation of where the general equities go? Well, the more money that goes uh, that is printed and goes into circulation or uh, it, it gets leveraged and it goes into equities. So it has to go into either precious metals. Uh, it may go into it goes obviously into stocks. Um, they're looking for it to go into commodities. One commodity that's been soaring and roaring has been been uh, copper. Copper has been one of the strongest commodities out here, um, if you take a look at the low in copper, you know, it was one, 
197 um, in, in in March. And now here we are at, at 315, 316. And I think copper is going, you know, north of 350. So, um, you know, you, you, the more money they print, uh, the better it is for all the metals. What key analysis or um, uh, metric are you looking at to see when things might crash and turn over? I know you do cyclical studies. You look at years and, and patterns and so forth. Uh, what can you share with us here, Nick? Yeah, so I, that's exactly what I do. I always, uh, in fact, um, I always look at what, what the markets have done prior, and that will tell me what they're going to uh, We look at the past to, to try to predict the future. It's never perfect. But um, when you have momentum changes like we've seen in silver and in copper, both of those uh, two metals boomed off the bottom uh, off of new lows. And anytime that happens, you know that you're going to get what we call a major surge. So unlike gold, which had a a five-year pullback in 2016 at bottom, then it took off, it never went back down to its lows uh you know that were made in 2009 copper actually put a low in in say 2016 and then it 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 did basically a double bottom a slight higher high double bottom in march of 2020 so that tells me um this will go back up and probably you know test somewhere around the 2013 highs i would think before it runs into major major monthly chart resistance if i look at something like silver um, via silver futures, I, I think you know we saw silver go from basically a low of around 11.64 in March of this year, and it went up to $30. So $30, it went to 29.91. I don't want to mistake in uh, the price there, um, but we got very close to a 50% retrace from the 2011 top to the low. But silver came off of a new fresh low pivot, and that tells me that's a power move going forward. Well, we should go up and you know test the old highs from 2011 at some point in the next couple of years. Are you making any uh, shorting trades regarding overhyped stocks or sectors? Um, stocks, per, you can you can do it, but I, I rarely short anything precious metals because I just feel it's the ultimate uh, insurance policy. Um, precious metals don't pay dividends. To quote uh, Warren Buffett. He used to call them a useless relic, but now the guy owns owns a, a large chunk of Barrick Gold. So uh, you know we have to look at. at I don't like to short them, um, but I tell my members if if you want to do it, you can. I told them you know gold was parabolic; it needed to pull back. It's going to come in pretty sharply. Same for silver, and it did that. Um, but now I, I would just sit tight and we just wait on patterns. And um, once we get the setup, you know, I'll, I'll be looking to get back in full full throttle on these metals. If you do short something beyond even just the precious metal sector, do you do that primarily through an ETF that's liquid that you can get in and out of? I will sometimes, or if, if the market conditions are right, I'll actually short a stock, you know, just, just basically sell the stock and, and look to cover at a lower price. Um, Naked I have shorting? Not- uh, no, no, not naked shorting. Just, uh, just shorting. Just, just selling. Uh, just a short position, not naked shorting. Um, when, whenever uh, you get any kind of of opportunity to sell something or short something, you want to make sure your overall underlying trend is down. And um, we have a, our, our our overall trend right now is up. So there's very few shorting opportunities out here, in my opinion. What's the best option trade out there that you're employing? Um, recently, I just closed out an options trade uh, 
yesterday in Viacom, which was a call option. Uh, now today I have a nice trade in MGM Resorts, uh, ticker symbol MGM. That's a call option that's nicely in the money for us at the moment. Um, so those those are uh, two that are, are – one worked out yesterday. I closed it out for almost 25%. I'm in MGM right now. I'm looking for a lot more upside. I'm only up about 10% at the moment. But um, these – you know, I'm just very selective here, especially going into the election. You're getting a lot of headline risk. You have this uh, so-called – $2 trillion stimulus bill that's up in the air. And, and I think you got a lot of politics being played right now uh, going into this election. Don't forget, uh, you know, the final debate is tonight. So I, I've really been a little bit on the more cautious and guard, uh, guarded side going into this election. Is your position still that if Joe Biden wins, you're going to sell everything and immediately start shorting? Yes. Yes. Uh, in fact, um, it's not immediate. It would probably be more so once he takes office. So I do regardless think Regardless of who takes the Senate or Congress? Pretty much. If Joe Biden's in there, um, I, I don't think anything good can come from it personally. Um, so if, if he does happen to win, um, you know, we'd, we'd look for the gridlock situation at some point. But um, for me, it's not even about any of that. It's really more about the charts and the cycles. Um, and, and, you know, I have a different set of criteria for who's in office, Republicans versus Democrats, um, uh, as far as the president goes. Um, if we get gridlocked, that could prolong things a little a little bit longer if Joe Biden is president. But ultimately, it, it, it would be a major sell signal. Nick, sometimes it's hard to remove our political preferences and biases from our investment decisions. If uh, a critic is listening to us right now and they don't like that idea of selling if Joe Biden becomes president, how would you defend your position objectively? Well, I wouldn't defend it right now. I would just tell them to wait on the results for 2021, 2022, and then they could come back and apologize. <laughs> okay. Uh, earning seasons, of course, is upon us. Uh, any trades for that? Well, earning season's always tough. I step aside of earnings just because sometimes uh, stocks can go up very sharply. Sometimes they could go down very sharply. It's gambling. For me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at charts. I'm always taking uh, trades based off of the pattern. For instance, I, ha I owned Coca-Cola yesterday, and I got out of the trade yesterday afternoon before the close just simply because they were reporting earnings. Today, the stock's actually up about uh, 65, 70 cents, but that's okay. It could easily be down two or three, two or three bucks today. So I, I generally do not uh, trade into the earnings announcement. I think it's a form of gambling. I want to always have the odds in my favor every trade, uh, every time out. And I use that via chart pattern. I always know where I'm wrong via stop loss, uh, looking at the chart with a technical stop. Uh, any any major pivot low, I will stop out if we breach it. So uh, again, for me, it's all about the chart pattern. Um, I, I don't get in front of earnings, and I always tell you know younger traders or somebody that's just getting into this business for the first time, you know, check for earnings. You know, you you might win on two or three stocks that get nice pops after earnings if you're long, but then you could get the Netflix of the world like you saw yesterday, which absolutely cratered. And then you're in a world of pain. And, and, you know, there's there's a lot of big moves that will take place, especially in these high beta names. The subscription service that you office, the the best uh, sales for that would be to share with us your net wins from this year versus from January 1st. How much are you up? Well, if you look, I have two services. Um, one is my option service um, that 
is up about a thousand percent this year, and my swing trading service is up 164 percent this year. Oh wow! And can you? What was the biggest winners in the option service? Why were you able to get such outsized gains? Well, it's it's really just about finding the best chart patterns and um, you know locating where these stocks can make big moves. So, for, for example. Um, the average gains probably around 25%. I had that in Viacom and there are times, you know, we'll lose a hundred percent on a trade, but, um, out of all the trades out here, I think, uh, we had an 80% winner. That was probably the best one. I'm just looking through my, my blotter here to see where that was. But I think that was one of the better trades. Um, we had some 50% winners and these are usually pretty quick too. So, um, again, um, it, it's been a really, really good trading year, especially um, since we had the big crash in, in March and then the big rebound uh, that took place in late March. So it, it's been a really, really good year. This uh, time period right now, it's a little bit of a grind. you got to really, really go through a lot of charts to find some good plays out here. But they're still out there. Just got to really work for them. You've been listening to professional trader Nick Santiago. To learn more about Nick and his service, head on over to inthemoneystocks.com. Nick, really appreciate the update. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own 
own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.